Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off in Tempe, Arizona. The Arizona Cardinals have made big news. They've activated Kyler Murray from the PUP, the PUP, or the physically unable to perform list, whatever you'd like to call it. They also activate Buda Baker from injured reserve. Head coach, Jonathan Gannon. Okay, so uh, Kyler will be out there today. Buda will be out there today. Excited to see those guys get out there and practice and uh, look forward to a good day prepping for Seattle. Very slim chance that they actually play this weekend. This means both have opened up a three-week window to get healthy, but they can be full participants in practice. Does not mean they're on the active roster as of yet. Cards at Seattle coming up Sunday, 105. Diamondbacks work out yesterday at Chase Field. Now they're ready to go game two today. Tori, how we doing? Okay, we got to find a way to get this thing turned around. You know, our mindset is, you know, what one game, one win, one well-played game uh, could lead to one win, and, you know, we're right back in the series. So, Well, it's been almost a week since you had a well-played game, so let's go. Game three against Philadelphia at Chase Field. Brandon Fott on the hill for the Diamondbacks. He's 3-9. Ranger Suarez is only 4-6. First pitch at 2-0-7. As far as Major League Baseball is concerned, Rangers lose at home 8-5. Max Scherzer lit up. Five runs and only four innings pitched. Game four of that series with the Astros down two games to one is coming up today at 5 o'clock. Suns made a major announcement, and it's pretty cool. Sean Marion will be a member of the Ring of Honor, and the induction is December 15th up against the New York Knicks. Tonight, the Suns are in action on the road in Palm Springs, their final preseason game against the Lakers. Head coach Frank Vogel, what can we expect? Uh, yeah, we're going to play most of our guys, you know, and um, you know, try to get them, uh, you know, our, our main guys in second half minutes. That shows you where we're going on this one. This one's pretty big that they're going to play that long. Tip-off tonight, 7 o'clock. I love this. This is head coach Kenny Dillingham of ASU saying, this is what we're up against when we take on Washington. Takeaways. Got to take aways, and you got to win the one-on-one balls. You know, they're going to throw one-on-one balls. They're going to throw fades. And you got to come out on top of those one-on-one balls. Secondary for the ASU Sun Devils has been bad. Big test coming up against UW Saturday night, kickoff 7.30. The Mercury named Nate Tibbetts their new head coach. He's a 12-year NBA assistant coming from Orlando, and his father was a legendary girls basketball coach in South Dakota. Now, in the WNBA, the season's over. Aces won the championship by a point over the New York Liberty. Hey, congratulations. ASU and U of A getting represented in the Fiesta Bowl. Jake Plummer and Richard Jefferson were named the Fiesta Bowl Parade Marshals. Congratulations, boys. More to Jake than Richard Jefferson, of course. Go Devils. And finally, 
from South Fulton, Georgia. There is a group of four that were living in an apartment complex. They were arrested by SWAT after driving stolen uh, uh, cars, having stolen IDs, and a stolen gun. But it gets worse. They were running an illegal late-night strip club from their own apartment building. And despite months upon months of complaints from neighbors, nobody did anything until the cops found a stolen car on the property and then decided to go in and arrest them. What did they find? (laughs) Two things. Number one, a horse in the apartment. And number two... (laughs) They didn't even own the apartment. They were squatters that had moved into an empty room and lived there for months despite their illegal activity. Way to go, guys. Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, You can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. If you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen for the food, you're going to be shocked what a great bar it is. And if you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen because you want to experience a great country bar, you're going to be shocked at how great the food is. And if you want something different to do this weekend, on Sunday, head out to Bell's Nashville Kitchen, Main Street, Old Town Scottsdale, and they got the car show in which they actually shut down the street a little bit. Cars that are pre-1990, plus they've got pastries and they've got coffee. And you can walk in later for the honky-tonk brunch and have a great meal at Bell's Nashville Kitchen. You found home. Down home. Game three. Michael Jordan once famously said, a series does not start until the road team wins. So therefore, it's all right. The series hasn't started. It's all good. Nobody's lost a home game yet. So d you can erase this bad taste in our mouth by just catching pop-ups today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Mercs. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Let's go. Uh, I Am I – how do I put this? Do I believe in the team right now? Yes, I do. Do I believe they're going to win today? Don't ask that question. <laughs> but I'm still – jacked up come eight o'clock 
Go D-backs. We can do it. We can do it. From six to eight, I have to tell you what I think. And I just care about, just don't embarrass us again. That's a, the, the bar has dropped that low after how poorly they performed in game two. Just, just don't embarrass us. Just catch pop-ups. Just catch pop-ups. Let's just go that far. And for 27 outs, try hard every time. Yes, I've lowered the bar that much for a professional athlete. Just try hard. Just don't embarrass us, please. That's, that's where I'm at today. Still a little... Still a little bitter. Still a little bitter on game two. No, I'm not bitter of losing. Just bitter of the way they looked and how embarrassing that was. Uh, God, man, I, how have I been doing? I haven't talked to you in a while just about how's the show going. Remember, that's why Town Hall Tuesday exists. Please keep giving me your uh, opinions. The television ratings are good. More and more people keep making decisions to join us here on wtsmtv.com so thank you however my my downloads continue to drop it's a very weird thing and i would really like to get those up so if you're a a hardcore general in the unplugged army please keep over inflating those numbers please don't slack off go to dougfranzunplugged.com click on google amazon apple spotify get we'll get one computer to listen on one get an ipad to listen to another format blah 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 blah. keep going for me if you could oh my gosh thank you Jeff Weir production coming through in the in the clutch right there. So please keep the downloads coming. Um, but at the same time, please keep watching. If you haven't been uh, paying attention, we're going to change the pricing structure at the end of the month. So those of you that watch on WTSMTV.com, you watch on demand, uh, that's going to now start to cost money. However, we feel like we owe you a thank you for those of you that have been with us in the beginning. So there's a secret code that allows you to continue to watch on demand for free for a year. So if you'd like that secret code, just send me an email, Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com, and I will give you the secret code. So keep that in mind. If you're listening right now and you're going, okay, wait, I, what do I get? So basically, when we first moved here, I made you a promise. You'll, you'll be able to listen to the podcast for free. But to see what we do and to see the television side, you got to pay to watch it live, but you get to watch the recording for free. So you get to watch it on demand whenever you want that day, and you don't have to pay for it. Well, since we're growing, we point blank want to hire more people to make the product better. And therefore, to hire more people, we need more money, so we're changing the pricing structure. So now, anybody that watches the show on demand will have to pay a nominal fee. But since I told you, you weren't going to have to pay it when I first moved, I feel obligated. I, I don't like that. I don't like changing that structure. But in order for me to clear my own conscience, CEO Chris and I talked about it. And it's like, okay, I understand the business model has to change, but that shouldn't change what I said. So what can we do? So for two weeks, this code is going to work. And if you want it, you just email me, Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com, and I'll send you the code. And then you use that code, and now you still get the basic level to watch on demand for free. Nothing changes, though, to watch me live, you have to pay. So I just want to update you on that, and that's why we're doing the week of winners. And later on, I'll tell you uh, what's up for grabs today. $100 to Bell's Nashville Kitchen, home of the best sandwich in all of Arizona. So that's all coming up. Uh, Anything else? Oh, I got to tell you about my meeting yesterday. Had an unbelievable meeting yesterday with a high leverage client. Very, very excited. Very excited. And uh, I'll just tell you point blank, I, I offered them, I talked to them about a deal that was huge money. I mean, biggest 
sale of my life. Okay, it was huge money in the very first meeting. And uh, and I love the dude I met with. He's in shorts and and a and a he did have a collared shirt on, but he's in shorts. I'm wearing my um um which which hat did I have on? Oh my my Zamunda hat and I had flips on and shorts. So I, hey, it's still me. I'm not a salesperson. I'm just selling something. Okay, it's two different things. We had a great meeting, and when I told him about what I was thinking. He goes, you know what, I, I really respect you for shooting your shot right from the beginning. I, oh, yeah, great, great. And then he, he said this hilarious line. He said, let's walk around the lake before we make out, though. <laughs> I said, all right, now you got to understand the humor of this moment. Do you remember the story from yesterday with uh, intern McKenna? So intern McKenna told me about the first date that she went on, and they walked around Tempe Town Lake and then went out to dinner. So I have it in my mind that here's my kid walking around Tempe Town Lake with a guy. And then this potential client says to me, let's walk around the lake before we make out. And at first I thought it was funny, and then I didn't like it very much. I was like, oh, wait, no, wait a minute. Don't, don't, what is this the image with lakes? What are we doing? How old is this gentleman? Uh, that that, that uh, For the, the person that I met with or intern McKenna's potential boyfriend? Both. Oh, I have, I have no person. idea. I have no idea about intern McKenna's potential boyfriend, but uh, she met him at church. So, you know, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape. I kind of like that. And then um, and then you don't have to have that discussion because, you know, when you're Catholic, it's weird. You know, oh, your son's wonderful. By the way, is he going to convert or not? Because I'm not really going to, you know, and then everybody goes, like, and then, then people freak out. And so, or they go, you don't have to convert, but, you know, your kids are Catholic, whether you want them to be or not in-laws. You know, like that. So, like, a lot of people don't know, when I met Jennifer, you know, I was much better looking um, than Jennifer when we met. Now, granted, things have changed, obviously. I, I got, I gained weight and lost hair. She lost weight and gained hair. So, therefore, you know, hey, I, I win. You know, late round draft pick. Now she's a Hall of Famer. Look at me. But when we first met, she was being hit on by a friend of mine. And then he asked her, where do you go to school? And she said, UD. And in my area, no, nobody says the Dayton Flyers. Like everybody else in the country, they'll go, Dayton. Oh, you went to Dayton. Because if you're a college basketball fan, you know the prowess of how, what a good mid-major program Dayton is. But nobody in, in Dayton says Dayton. Nobody in Ohio says Dayton. We always say UD. That's it. So when he asked her, where do you go to school? She said, UD. And that's a Catholic school. So I turned and said, are you Catholic? She said, yes. I said, hi, I'm Doug. And, and then uh, after... She doesn't want you to know this portion of the story, but after my roommate didn't like her because she liked my roommate, I became the natural second choice. So don't tell her you know that, though. She, she hates that story because I don't, I don't remember what happened to the roommate, and, uh, and she just hates that story that she liked the, the roommate more than me. But, hey, you know, that's, that's real. She was blind, I guess. So then, anyway, um, so back to the, the, your, your original question. I don't know how old the young man is with, uh, with intern McKenna, the potential boyfriend. Uh, but the, the other guy, he was older than me that I met with today. Uh, I'm old though. And he was a little older than me, but he's a gamer, man, full of energy. He's one of those guys that the arms are going everywhere when he talks. And, and so I had to focus on the eye. Cause if I focus on the arms, I would have got car sick sitting there. Uh, but man, I love that dude. High energy, but very, very relationship oriented. So it was a great, great meeting. Great meeting. Um, so thank you for helping me grow the podcast Unplugged Army and getting to the point where uh, a huge advertiser like that is willing to talk to me. However, let me tell you, if, if this thing closes, Unplugged Army, I need you. You've done a good job with Whirlwind. You've done a good job with Bells. You've done a good job 
with Parker and Sons and Rosati's and Burrito Express. Now, I mean, this is we're going even higher here. So let's go. Um, speaking of Burrito Express, I'm, I'm kind of in a funny mood about this. Burrito Express's Chandler location today at 930 is having a dear friend come out. His name is Brad Nara, dear friend, former ASU uh, small forward, is coming out to, uh, to just be around. And, and anybody that shows up to talk college hoops with Brad, you get a free burrito at the Chandler location. But here's the catch. Brad Nara and I are the last ever broadcasters of the great Alaska shootout. For those of you that are, you got to be a hardcore college basketball to remember the original Thanksgiving tournament was the great Alaska shootout. And Brad and I did the, the play-by-play of the last one. You'll laugh. You'll guess who the star of the last ever Great Alaska Shootout was? Damian Lillard. Yes, he played in that as a college kid. I can't remember whether he went to Weber State or Utah. It was Weber State. He went to Weber State. And it's so funny because on the broadcast, Brad Nara kept saying, because nobody knew who the guy was, Damian Lillard. And one time I got sick of it. I go, it's Lillard, Brad. It's Lillard. And then when you listen to the play-by-play, oh my gosh, do I sound like the biggest jerk. The biggest jerk. Like, who yells at their color man? But, like, we were, we're such good friends that I didn't really think about it. I'm having fun with a friend, but if you just extrapolate that out, I have never used that word in a sentence. If you just extrapolate that out, it sounds hilarious. It's Lillard! Like that. It's just a little entertainment story. I love listening to those types of broadcasts, by Do the you, way. They're so it, funny to me. When two guys are just friends? Absolutely. Yeah, the problem is if somebody doesn't know that and they listen, like, man, that guy's a <laughs> jerk. You hear him yell? The color guy's trying his best. Why would, just because you know how to say it, why would you yell at the guy? But it's kind of, it was, it was hilarious. So uh, I want to get out there at 930 to try to say hi, but here's the thing. Neither Angel of Burrito Express told me Brad is in town and Brad, who is a dear friend, lives in Kentucky, didn't even tell me that he's in town. So I was like, on the one hand, hey, I'm not going then if you didn't want me to know. But then on the other hand, of course I'm going. But then CEO Chris wants me back here at noon today. So... I mean, technically, since I live in Goodyear, going to Chandler for an event at 930 makes it very easy to get back here on the way home. Very easy. Don't tell him that, though. (laughs) Uh, Anything else? Uh, Sound credits today. Sun Devil Source, uh, uh, their YouTube channel, gave us uh, Coach Kenny Dillingham. MLB PR department gave us the Tory Lovello today. Suns PR gave us... The uh, some really good Frank Vogel conversation, and I'm hoping to get to an old Kevin Durant statement. And then uh, the Cardinals did not give me anything because you know they hate me. But azcardinals.com, I just ripped it off of them. And we have uh, Jonathan Gannon, so we got a lot to do uh, today. And then coming up in about ten minutes, we got Brad Smith from the Organic Football Show to uh, to bail me out because I keep losing, and it's his job to save the world. All right, I can't wait to get rolling. Are you good, everybody? Everybody good in life? Jeff Weir Production. How's your life? Anything thrilling? Perfect. Oh, good, good. Well, I hope all your neighbors are safe. Uh, let's roll. Big one. <laughs> if you're wondering, that was an inside joke, and that's why you only heard big one right there. <laughs> I messed you, it up. You know, Jeff, we were wanting to talk while he was hitting the button, and then realized, well, that screwed everything up at the same time. But it was funny. Doug's big one. Doug's big one today is yesterday is the beginning of Kyler Murray's NFL life. Uh, Kyler, I don't know if you've done the math. I don't know if you've looked at the mirror and realized how monumental yesterday was in every day going forward. You have a chance to totally set a new narrative if 
you're willing to accept the old one is true. If you're not willing to accept the old one is true, you're going to repeat it and you are about to totally flame out on your career. I am absolutely fascinated starting with Wednesday, October 18th until the end of Kyler Murray's career. Here's what I mean. Kyler Murray, you have been not even remotely worth the number one pick in the draft. You have brought more drama than football since you've joined the NFL, okay? Whether it be the hype of being number one, which is not your fault, whether it be the replacing of Josh Rosen, which is not your fault, or whether it be the entire scrumming on the Instagram page, which is totally your fault, if it's the Murray Manifesto, which is totally your fault, if it's getting almost sacked in the end zone in a playoff game and throwing a pass underhanded to avoid it because in the state of Oklahoma, nobody told you that that five is greater than two. So therefore, you added five points to the safety by throwing a pick six. One of the dumbest plays in the history of football. Dumbest play ever is Jim Martin. Marshall running the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that, but the guy gets so confused on defense that he picks up a fumble and he runs the wrong way. <laughs> and then instead of just putting the ball down, he celebrates by throwing the ball out of the end zone, which is a safety. <laughs> so he gets the football for his team and scores two points for the other team. Great. Okay. Second dumbest thing I've ever seen in football. Uh, Clay Matthews one time picked up a fumble that would have won the game for the Browns and then out of or for the yeah for the Browns and then out of nowhere he just turned around and pitched it back to the Cowboys and the Cowboys won the game that would be number two but the number three the number three dumbest play in the history of football is Kyler Murray's almost sack in the end zone he says no you can't sack me I'm gonna throw a pick six all right then there's the Kyler Murray oh my toe hurts. I got dinged on the elbow. I hurt. Boom, I'm out three weeks, okay? There's Kyler Murray's refusal to play injured. All right, those things are all Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray gets one out. Cliff Kingsbury was a disaster decision. Okay, you have to literally have no idea what you're doing as an organization. When you say, you know what, I want Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach. And that's what they did. And the wussification of America went right into a football locker room. And they just played gutless football for four years. And Michael Bidwell and Steve Kime were too blind to see it. The hilarity of the Cliff Kingsbury era is this thought that all of them thought they were innovators. We're innovating football. Football's changed. Football is now played by a bunch of people that are dancing through lilies. It's not played by hard men anymore. People get hurt when they play football. So we need to keep them from getting hurt. Well, what about winning the game? Well, at least they didn't get hurt. Oh, okay. Did you ever think that maybe if you had tough practices, played tough football, that strong men would survive and then they would get even tougher and they wouldn't get hurt? No, that doesn't happen. So that's the Cliff Kingsbury era that Michael Bidwell and Steve Kime embraced and loved. Finally, somebody said, wait, this isn't working. This is bad. And now we're at this point. Kyler Murray, if you talk about what I'm talking about, it becomes your fault. But if you actually study hard, if you become a leader, if you aren't afraid to run anymore because you got one ding from last month, if you actually embrace this offense and understand the reputation that you have totally earned 
and decide on your own, that's not me anymore. I am now going to show what I can do. Everyone will blame Cliff Kingsbury the rest of your life. No one will ever blame you. This isn't about marketing. This isn't about the truth, okay? In the sense when I say it's not about the truth, you're just as much at fault as Cliff Kingsbury, but you've got a free out if you choose to use it. And everybody's watching. Because even if Jonathan Gannon fails as a head coach, I guarantee you no one is going to question his toughness and no one is going to question his discipline. And if you are exposed by Jonathan Gannon, bad things are about to happen. But if you actually tap into leadership, tap into a real-life work ethic, which leads to leadership, that will lead to your true talent coming out. And therefore, you have a chance to be successful. I can't wait to see the rest of your career. And I'm also rooting for you. I root for people to change. I root for people to look at the mirror, accept their flaws, change them, and go forward. That's what are all of our goals. That's my goal for you as a member of the Unplugged Army. That's my goal for myself is to do that. I don't know if Kyler Murray has that ability. I believe Kyler Murray his whole life has been predisposed to blame everybody else. He would say, no way would I ever do that. And yet that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens every time. Now, how is he going to handle it? How is he, how is he going to work hard? What's going to happen when he has a bad game? What's he going to say about it? What's he going to do about it? How is he going to lead? I can't wait to see it. I absolutely can't wait to see it. I believe in Jonathan Gannon that much. I, I, I think he was a fantastic hire for an organization that despises me and for an organization that I don't necessarily respect. I love that pick. And I think this is the moment in time in, in this young man's career that he could change everything. All right, coming up next. I'm excited about this. We're going to interview Brad Smith. We're going to have a good conversation with him. Who's he? He is the guy that just has this spirit and aura in the Organic Football Podcast that says, you and I know everything, even though it's mostly him and not us. <laughs> you want advice on your fantasy team? Brad's got it. We'll talk to him next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Okay, I got I got massive fantasy football issues, and maybe there's a possibility that there's one man on planet Earth that could save me from the forces of evil. So I'd like to dive into it. So this is Brad Smith. Brad is one of the three hosts that you see every Thursday and Sunday. I screwed that up. Every Tuesday and Sunday right here on WTSMTV.com. It's the Organic Football Show. And first of all, Brad, good morning. Secondly, hello! <laughs> hey, Doug, how you doing, buddy? Good, how's the family? Hey, they're doing good. Good. How's your I, fantasy football team doing? I, we're terrible, we're terrible. And I, I'm not at the point where I get to blame any of you, so that's what really stinks, because I would love to blame you, but it's my own doing. Um, here's, we'll take a little of the blame. Oh, well, good, good, thank you. Even though you don't deserve it, I love it when people take blame. Here is where I'm at now. I have... Tua Tungavailoa, and I have Lamar Jackson. So I'm doing reasonably well at quarterback. However, I have a little bit of an issue, I would say, in which um, 
I have Christian McCaffrey, so I'm I'm he's been a stud, but I'm a little nervous going forward of what might happen. And there's another guy that's my evil arch rival, okay? And he's the commissioner of the league, and he's got a great stable of running backs. And he has zero quarterbacks. He's terrible at quarterback. So he would really like to make a move and take one of my quarterbacks. And I'm kind of interested in listening to the offers. But I've never – you're going to laugh at me. I've never in my life actually done a fantasy trade. I'm good at the waiver wire. Oh, wow. Trades scare me to death. So I've never done a trade before. So what would you – You should welcome them, Doug. Don't be scared. Okay, okay. What – what sh- how high do I shoot when a guy doesn't have a quarterback? So if he doesn't have a quarterback, you base it on his needs. So okay. whatever you think he's willing to give, I would try to go for the guy above that and have him counter below. Because sometimes they're like, okay, that's good. And you're like, wow, I didn't think I could get that good of a player. Okay. So always start high and let them counter low. Okay, okay. Um, let me get into the team, which is obviously bad television that I wasn't, uh, uh, I wasn't already there, to figure out uh, what he's got. So I have McCaffrey and I have Pollard, who's been terrible. Like, I'm really, fr- I'm really frustrated with how poorly Pollard has been. And then I don't have any other running backs, but I've got good wide receivers. I've done well with wide receivers. I've done terrible with my running backs because Pollard's my uh, my only one. And then he has Jamar Chase, Derrick Henry, Chris Olave, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Williams from the Rams, and uh, Nakua, the running back, and then his uh, wide receiver. And his starting running backs are Josh Jacobs and Alvin Kamara and Mostert from Miami. I know that was kind of rapid fire. What are you what, when you hear wow, those names what do you guys. Yeah, what do you like? But I he's like got Mostert Russell Wilson as quarterback, that's why. Yeah, I mean, I think you should maybe do like uh Lamar Jackson and Pollard for Derrick Henry. Oh. Or, so that way you get rid of Pollard but bring in someone even a little bigger. He thinks it's a name. He might he might think Pollard's got some value still. Okay, okay. I I I love that. I love that. Um, so I'm, I'm actually, I don't care that this is bad television right now. We're going to stop the show and I'm going to write this down. So Pollard, I, and I did want to keep, uh, Tua. So I like that you said Trey Jackson. So Pollard and, and also Jackson, and go Jackson for, for Camara straight up. See what he says about that. Okay. Okay. You like, you like Camara that much, like going forward that you expect him to start doing well and the saints to do well. Yeah, he's in. The, he's involved in the passing game. I think he got 13 receptions in one game. So mm-hmm. I like. I like those numbers. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Or, now, or maybe even start with the Mostert and have him counter to a Camara. Tell me if this is an issue because a lot of people talk about bye weeks, and I have two of them as my starting quarterback, and now I would have Mostert as well. Does that scare you? Whenever Miami's bye week is, that I have those two guns. No, because every other week you have them, you have both of them. Okay, okay. So you might take a hit one week, but you're strong the rest of the week. So that makes sense. Have, being loaded up on one bye week doesn't scare me because I might have one bad week, but I'm 100% strong the rest of the year. So that's strong. That's strong. So tell me, uh, help everybody else. Like the beginning of this is always Brad helps Doug, but then after that, help everybody else. Who do you like? Maybe on the waiver wire, who's got your eye? Who is somebody that you would? Or a low-level fruit that might be on somebody's bench that you would target to either start or trade for in the coming weeks? Um, 
Let's see. One guy is Adam Thielen. Okay. I've actually got a trade out there myself for Mike Evans for Adam Thielen. So that's strong. We'll is that, that is that a slam on Baker? Do you think Baker's kind of huh? done? Is that a slam on Baker? Do you think he's kind of done and Evans won't be getting a, a lot of targets? No, I don't think it's a slam on Evans. I think it's just more of kudos to Thielen because he's just doing that well. Okay. I mean, okay. he's getting 13 targets a game. That's that's really good numbers. Where Evans is getting about 10. And so Thielen's got, I think, 400-yard games. So he's been a little more consistent. So I think I'm going to gain about three points per for that player. Mm-hmm. So, and he's currently on a bye week right now. Which ah. he's got like four guys on by, so he needs Evan to start. So I think that might, even though Thielen's rated higher, I might be able to get that done. That's okay. Okay, I've had I've lost a couple games, which I would have lost anyway. But one of the reasons why I wasn't competitive is I just happened to hit a week where the other team's defense is scoring twenty points. We've had some. Yeah, those I, are tough. Yeah, and I, I ask you, do you think this year is a normal defensive year, or has there been a lot more outliers than normal of defenses picking up 15, 20 points this year? And what should the what should the the novice do about it? Is there something we should be looking at defensive wise in fantasy? You know, it's funny you say that because I was looking at the defenses last night, and there are a lot of defenses that average double digits across the league. So my advice to you is, you know, go get one of those ones that are doing that and just be happy with it. So, you know, the Buffalo Bills scored 33 points one week. Dallas scored 36 one week. Dallas has also scored negative two another week. So it's no rhyme or reason. Maybe get two of those guys and just try and pick the better defense. Like I have Detroit and Tampa Bay. Okay. And so when they played each other, I chose Detroit over Tampa Bay, and it got me like seven points extra. Yeah, okay, okay. What advice? So maybe do you, just pick two and stream. What advice do you have? Do you have anything that you would call halfway in the season advice? As we're as we're starting to approach that moment where okay, here's the moment of truth. If you want to be a playoff team, do you have middle of the year advice? Uh, right now the waiver wires are pretty dead, so trades are pretty much the only way to improve your team. So I look at the teams that are like you know on the bottom cusp, trying to still make a playoff run. They might do something drastic, try and change things up because things aren't going their way. So look for people that have been stashed on their bench for the last three, four weeks that you think is good and try okay. and go after those players. So those are that's about the only way to improve your team right now. Unless, you know, you, you, I mean, most of the people you get are going to be rentals for two, three weeks, and that's it. Yeah. Okay, give, give yourself a free plug. What's coming up on Sunday's Organic Football Show? Yeah, Sunday you got me, Sorrow, and possibly Matt. Our producer is going to stop in and see us, too. All right, all right. So all right, uh, all right. we're going to just give you all the breakdowns, the waiver moves, the people that are injured, the people that aren't going to play. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have some uh, funny talk here and there, too. <laughs> Please be entertaining. I, I, but uh, you're, uh, you've got this thing down path, if you didn't know. So everybody that hasn't checked it out, if you play fantasy football, you must Sunday mornings an hour before the early kickoff. So right now it starts at 9 in the morning. In November, it'll shift to 10 in the morning. But make sure that you're watching because they'll have the latest on the inactives so you don't have to look around 
throughout the entire league to figure out whether your guys are playing, just watch the Organic Football Podcast right here on WTSMTV.com. You can watch it live, and that's the best way to go. That's one of those shows where, hey, we'd love for you to watch stuff. On demand is great, but that's that's a show you're going to want to watch live if you play fantasy football to get the latest. Brad, thank you very much. Have a great day and dominate your team, all right? All right. Thanks, Doug. You too. Have a great day. Thanks. There's Brad Smith, Organic Football Podcast, Tuesday afternoons and Sunday mornings right here on WTSMTV.com. I I love talking to them because it just reminds me how we keep growing, too, as a station. The two new shows are Organic Football Podcast and Hang It With Coop. I mean, think about all the things Bruce Cooper could be doing in his retirement. And he says, I want to go back on TV, and I want to be on WTSMTV.com. That's right. Bruce Cooper from 12 News, one of the people in this town that have more sources than I do, okay? This guy is tapped in, and he's opinionated, and he's funny. And you get all of that hanging with Coop, which is also every Tuesday, just like the organic football show. So thanks a lot to Brad for uh, joining us. Let's get into Cardinals because, uh, you know what, let's just start right from the top. Cardinals, uh, let's go JG1 if, if you don't mind because this was the announcement. You know, I don't know if you know this, but all the pressers of Jonathan Gannon, he just sits down and gets questions and he tries, like if it's a yes or no question, he just gives you the yes or no. He's not very freewheeling with information and he only expounds on stuff if he thinks it passes the test as a good question. This is one of the rare times where he sat down at the microphone and he had something to say. Okay, so uh, Kyler will be out there today. Buddha will be out there today. Excited to see those guys get out there and practice and uh, look forward to a good day prepping for Seattle. So the way it works is very simple. It's two different lists, but they work kind of the same. Pup list is something that you do at the beginning of the year. You stay on that list. Injured reserve is a list that, okay, you have been in, you've played some games, and now you're out. And once you go on IR, man, I forgot. I can't remember whether it's three weeks or four weeks. I believe it's three weeks. Sorry, I don't remember. But you're mandatory out for that long. And then you can be reinstated off the injured list. But whether it's pup list or injured list, this part doesn't change. You get reinstated, which means you have a three-week period where you're not on the active roster, which is an advantage to the team. Kyler Murray's rights are held by the Cardinals on IR, but they don't have to put him on the 53-man roster. Somebody else can hold that spot. So they still can go into a weekend with 53 players and Kyler Murray. However, at Kyler Murray can't play until you put him back on the 53-man roster. So you get three weeks to practice him, evaluate him, make sure he's ready, and then once you decide we're going to put him on the active roster. So right now, he can't play Sunday. That's just because he's not on the active roster. That's a transaction. And it takes nothing but a meeting with the guy you're going to cut in order to put him on the active roster. So I don't know when that'll happen. I don't think there's any chance that it's going to be against uh, Seattle. Like, no chance to me. And the reason why I say that is I don't think you're going to bring a guy off of ACL surgery onto a turf field the first week that he's available to come back, no matter what he's been doing. But you'll have him practice this week and everything checks out this week. He practices next week and then maybe, maybe he comes back off. Uh, of IR. Buddha, I'll never put anything past Buddha. I'll never put anything past Buddha. I don't think he'll play, but that's not something I have a source on yet, so he might. I, I, I will never second or uh, 
guess whether or not Buddha's going to play. The next one is, okay, what's this plan? You, you've had a plan with Kyler Murray all along, and you've said when he's ready. What's it look like now within this three-week period? When's he going to go? Yeah, I mean, we'll take it day by day. Um, see where both of those guys are at with relating to play. And, um, you know, just take it day by day. Is that you, you've made it very clear that Kyler was going to tell you when he was ready to get back in practice. Is it still in his purview in terms of when he plays, or is that now more of a team thing? Uh, that's an organizational decision, but he's a big part of that. How much of an unknown is, is Kyler right now just in terms of where he is? How curious are you to see what he looks Very like? curious, but uh, I know the work that he's put in. Um, you know, the people that have helped him get to this point, uh, you know, you can't praise enough. The whole medical staff, all that, um, the performance staff, um, the doctors, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, he's, he hasn't taken a snap in this offense either. So, um, you know, we got to see him do a lot of things. But I know he's excited to get out there and start playing some football. Small thing about what he said there that I really liked. Is this, you know, Kyler's decision of when he – no, this is an organizational decision, but he'll have a big part of it. Meaning, if if he says he's ready and we're seeing what we want to see, he's back in there. And it's a small cl- – like, I don't even think they'll use the veto power at all. I mean, if you, when you compare the way Dobbs has been playing in the last two games with what you hope to have in a healthy Kyler Murray, is there any doubt Kyler Murray plays? And if Kyler Murray says, I'm ready to play, then he plays. So I don't think Kyler's going to say, I'm ready, and the Cardinals say, no, you're not. But I still appreciate Jonathan Gannon establishing authority. I think that's important with a Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray hasn't earned the right to be dictating to anybody what he's going to do. And just that little thing right there shows you Jonathan Gannon's in charge. If you don't believe me, answer me this question. Do you see Jonathan Gannon doing something on the sideline and Kyler Murray coming over to him after he, after he does that and Kyler Murray saying something like, hey, 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 shut the up, okay? Do, do you really see him saying that? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. <laughs> so therefore, there's a clear establishment of authority, unlike under Cliff Kingsbury. And, th- and that small little note, no, 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 this is an organizational decision of which he'll play a big part of. That's how you control the narrative. I'm a fan of that. Now, this part's funny. After I set that up, now listen to this. I don't know whether I buy it necessarily, but this is kind of funny. He, Jonathan Gannon was asked about the process and, and the excitement from Kyler. You know, what did, how was Kyler's reaction when you told him he's coming off the pup list? Uh, well, he told me, he says, I'm practicing today. And I said, <laughs> great. See you out there. What's your, what was your reaction? Great. See you out there. <laughs> Obviously, um, he's our franchise quarterback, so I was uh, happy about it. Now, what did I just tell you about authority, standing your ground? I liked that. What about that one? That was a little, that was a little soft, JG. That was a little soft. 
if you weren't watching, I, I recommend you highly, if you're listening to the podcast right now, if you get a chance, go to WTSMTV.com. Watch today's show on demand. It's Thursday's show. And fast forward, you know, if you think I'm boring on everything else, fast forward to about the 48-minute mark, okay? And then start looking at, at Jonathan Gannon's face on that last one because he says it was Kyler that told him he's practicing. Now, there's been too many rumors lately to believe that that he had no idea. Jonathan Gannon had no idea Kyler is going to practice. Okay? So that's crazy. But I do believe him when he said everybody thought that was going to be the plan, and Kyler comes up and says, it's a total go. I'm ready. Okay? Great. See you out there. And then Bob McMahon and Bobby Mack who, by the way, I'm going to try to sneak in and play darts today. Don't tell my wife, Jennifer, because Intern McKenna has a concert today, and I told Jennifer I am way too busy, way too busy to go to the concert. She said, okay, very lovingly, understood. And then I might try to meet Bobby Mack for a couple beers, beat him in darts, and then go home. But anyway, uh, Bobby Mack then asked the question, well, what was your reaction? Great. See you out there. So like he said, I already told him what my reaction. I told him. That's the end of the story. But it wasn't. J.G. felt the need to jump right back in and say, obviously, he's our franchise quarterback. Oh, what, why sugarcoat it, J.G.? Why'd you go soft there a little bit? Were you afraid that you might have hurt Kyler's feelings? Did you have to tell Kyler how you felt? No. Stay tough. Never thought I'd have to tell you that, J.G., because you're a tough dude. Stay tough. Just say my thought was great. See you out there. You know, let's not suck up to Kyler. Uh Okay, great question because it hasn't been answered. JG doesn't give us anything, but he, but maybe he did. You decide. I'll tell you what I think about this. I'll just, I'll just tell you the question. I'll give you my reaction afterwards so you can get it unfiltered. Uh, Coach, this is the first time we've been able to ask you about the decision to release my Jay Sanders, and uh, you know he was a third round pick, supposed to be an important pass rusher. Why did you guys let him go? Uh, it's, it's best thing for the team. Truthfully, um, Howard, that's all decisions with roster, you know, moving parts and all those things. But feel good about the guys that we have in that room and uh, best thing for the team. Love that answer. First, why would you take the knees out of a guy that's gone? If somebody else in the game calls you and asks your opinion on my Jay Sanders, there's nothing wrong with telling the truth. There's nothing, whatever the truth is, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And even though I, as a member of the media and you as a fan, I, I want that information. I always like to know what's really going on. But, and this is really important, anything that's damaging information to my Jay Sanders, why, would, why should we know about it? If you really think about it, like, I want to know, but why we don't have a right to it. And I like that simple answer. It's what's best for the team. Now, what does that mean? He means he was unproductive or it means his production did not move to the level of the headaches. It's the same way at your job. Sometimes your best producer is your biggest headache, but because he produces so much, you let him be a headache. And if at any point that it doesn't matter where his production is, if he's a bigger headache than he produces, the guy's out. Other people are just headaches and they don't produce and they're out very quickly. I am not saying my Jay Sanders was a headache. It's one or the other, though. He either didn't produce enough, and he's a wonderful dude, or 
whatever he did produce, he was more of a headache than what he produced. It's always one of those two things. So therefore, he's gone. But why tell us? I'm, I'm with him on his short answer on that one. Uh, the next one is a, a kind of an ongoing discussion here. Keetro Clark came in, house of fire, wonderful training camp. Keetro Clark, defensive darling at the beginning of the year at a terrible position of need for the Arizona Cardinals. He's a corner, and the uh, defensive backs, they've been awful for a lot of this year. Buda and Jalen Thompson did a decent job in the first couple games of trying to fix it. But then now that he's gone, oh, no, oh, no, it's really bad. It's really bad. So, what do you do going forward? Well, I'm looking at it thinking, since you've benched him a little bit or he doesn't play as much, that really shows there's an issue when it's a position of weakness. What's he learning? What's going on? What's the next step, Coach, in his progression? Uh, Consistency on a day-to-day basis. You know, there's... uh you know, and, and I think that with consistency of practice and in games, consistency of technique in games, then comes production. So you know, kind of one day at a time with him and uh, he's doing a good job. This is an experience statement, not a source statement. It's very important for you to make those differentiations. I don't know if that's a word. And I, I use extrapolate today and then I use differentiations. I'm pretty confident now that I hear the word differentiations is not a word. But when normally a coach says that, it's about consistency of technique, it's about consistency of this, consistency of that. Not every time, but normally when that is said, you say it about a young player who started well and then kind of fell. And a lot of times, it's because somebody thought they arrived. Hey, I'm a late-round draft pick that's earned a start. My family's telling me how great I'm doing. I actually play well relative to the rest of the defense at times during the first couple games. I've arrived. This game is easy. And they don't see the preparation anymore. They don't see the effort in practice anymore. They start to see distractions a little bit. Or they don't see it translating to a game anymore. As other teams start to scout you and know better your strengths and weaknesses, they're exploiting your weaknesses and you're not doing a good enough job eliminating your weaknesses or practicing to fix your weaknesses. So therefore, you say it's consistency but really what it is is you were here and now you're going down. That is usually why a coach would say that about a player getting less playing time. I am not saying that's the case with Keetra Clark. Now, you ask me what I think. I think that's the case with Keetra Clark, and that's why. But I thought that's really important. It also gets you ready for whatever's going on. It stinks that the Houston Texans are doing so well. Three and three on the season, a game out of first place, really hurting that pick for the Arizona Cardinals to have another first-round pick. However, when you look at this draft, boy, I cannot tell you. I realize you're like, Doug, it's October 19th. Why are we talking draft? This is a hugely important point. If Kyler Murray actually proves to the Arizona Cardinals he is the quarterback going forward, this 2024 draft is unbelievable. You're going to have so many quarterbacks drafted in the first round. 
that the leverage Monty Austin Ford has is almost legendary leverage to have two picks which are both possibly going to be top 15 picks in a quarterback-heavy draft when you believe you don't need a quarterback. Oh, my gosh. Why is that so important? Because great players will drop to your draft picks because quarterbacks are taken in front of you and you don't need them. So better players, let's say there's three quarterbacks taken in the top 15 and the Houston pick is number 15. Well, just do the math in your head. That means you're in a sense choosing number 12 because three players you're not even needing come off the board. Now it's a 12th pick. You're getting the 12th best player according to your evaluations. When what do they need? They need everything. They need O-line. They need interior rush defense on the D-line. They need pass rushers on the D-line. They need a middle linebacker. They need, you're going to think I'm crazy, you need to start thinking about replacing Buddha at some point in the next three years. They need, desperately need corners. They desperately need guards. They need to start replacing DJ Humphreys. They have so many needs. And you could go into the draft with maybe the fifth pick which is probably translated to the fourth pick maybe even the third pick if two quarterbacks go ahead of you and the 12th pick which is really the 15th pick but three quarterbacks go ahead of you or you get to make a trade because somebody needs to move up and get a quarterback now you pick up more picks you pick up an extra 2025 first round pick this team is that bad talent wise because of the decisions of michael bidwell and steve kime that you need as many picks going forward so trades are totally uh, an option to be able to move around the draft board there's a very good chance they could get a tackle to replace D.J. Humphreys or even try to talk D.J. into moving to guard, and they could pick up a corner in the top 15 picks. Oh, my gosh, would that be heaven. Or a pass rusher and a corner and dramatically improve that defense while you're waiting for things to happen a little better on offense. There's a lot that they can do in this draft if Kyler proves himself. If not, hey, you got two first-round picks to find your quarterback of the future. But now you've got to wait and develop him. So that's why all of this is really important and there's pressure on him. Okay, last one really quick but um, before we get to uh, Diamondbacks. And that's just the standard question. What is Seattle? You're a defensive coach, coach. So what does Seattle bring to the table this weekend offensively? Yeah, I mean, they got skill guys. They got a really good back. Quarterback plays at a high level. They're tied for the league, and uh, they don't turn the ball over, you know. That's a credit to Pete and his staff. They talk about the ball all the time, and that's a winning stat, and they do it really well. So we got to challenge that part of their game. I, I just – I always like to know what they think, so I play that for you. But some of you might find that as a cliche and, and think it's very boring. And I, and I, I, I don't know what – uh, all right, coming up next, let's get ready for game three. Here we go. Diamondbacks embarrass themselves. They embarrass the city in game two, and they can erase all of it by winning today. Let's go. What is it going to take? That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. It's hot. We've had a pretty hot summer here in Arizona. Who can you trust with your air conditioning? There's only one place my family has ever trusted in Arizona, and that's Parker & Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. 
Call 602 to repair. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. And the reason why I suggest them to you as passionately as I possibly can is I know they've showed up on time to my home every time and they've gotten it right the first time every time and they've treated me fairly every time. What else can you say? Plus, they don't charge anything for nights, weekends, emergencies. That means something. Because when your air conditioner goes out in the summer in Arizona, that's an emergency. You need repairs fast. And you can trust Parker and Sons. How do I know? Because my family does. 6022 repair. That's 602, the number two, then R E P A I R for Parker and Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. I am a little worried about one thing. I understand your frustration, your anger, and the game time are all difficult things, okay? But three days ago, I was able to buy four tickets to game four. I'm going to Friday's game as just as a dad. I'm not going as media. Uh, I, I love... I love baseball. I love family. It is a gift that my father gave me, and I think it's important to give that gift to my children. And I got really lucky. I don't don't want to deny it. Uh, I got lucky by God's grace that I have an amazing wife and amazing kids who take nothing for granted. So it's wonderful to um, be able to, to take them to a game, and I would rather spend my allowance, cut out other things in life in order to make this sacrifice for this game. It's it, it's expensive. Okay, I don't want to deny it. It's expensive. Um, for a family of four, I spent over six hundred dollars on the tickets, and uh, and that's just. To be simple, that's money we don't have right now, okay? And I did it anyway. I did it anyway. And uh, I'm telling you this because if you can, I think these memories are worth it. I understand if you look at me and say, Doug, after the team quitting on me in game two and losing 10 to nothing, I don't want to spend my money. I'm not going to argue with you on that at all. I don't think you're a terrible fan by saying that. However... We are a city that at times this year put 12,000 fans to a game. And you and I would both agree the team played harder than that than to deserve 12,000 fans. And I don't like our reputation. I've always had this dream of why can't we create a great sports city? Why can't we be that? And I've seen it too much from Suns fans. All right? I don't fault Suns fans at all for the horrible ownership of Robert Sarver and the complete destruction of the team not trying and some of the empty crowds that were there and players getting upset at, at, like, I remember the Morris twins always upset coming from KU and then coming here and there weren't fans. However, never forget Golden State was just, was almost as bad for years before Steph Curry. And they sold out almost every game. Their fans were unbelievable. So there's other examples 
But this is one that baseball is just personal to me. And if there's any way you can make it out to today's game, if you have the financial wherewithal, go for it. Go for it. And and I I I want to be there and I want to be loud. And now granted, I don't have the money to go to both games. So I'm not going today. So who am I to tell you, what are we doing? We're a terrible city if you don't go. But let's if you can. Try to figure out a way, and I'm saying it's it might be listed as a sellout, but you can call over there and try to get tickets, and I bet you would succeed. Uh, let's 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 get going into what Tori had to say. Do you want to tell people how to do the uh, win the gift card for Bell's Nashville Kitchen today? Uh, I do. I wasn't going to do it yet, though. Okay. Um, okay. I, I don't mind you reminding me at all in case I forgot, but I want to make sure that I get through Diamondbacks Perfect. Uh, number one. So let's start with Tori, if you would. And Tori, here's your question. You got on a plane, long flight after game two. Were you able to flush out just how terrible you guys were? You need to. Um, and you know, yesterday was a really frustrating outcome. Um, Really, you know, we didn't perform up to up to our capabilities. Um, didn't meet our expectations, so we got to find a way to get this thing turned around. And you know, our mindset is, you know, what one game, one win, one well played game uh, could lead to one win, and you know, we're right back in the series. So, um, it's 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 you know, a long journey. We're taking that mindset. And we got to just play our best game tomorrow and, and see where that takes us. So, yeah, I think you get on a you get on an airplane, you fly through the middle of the night and it, it's something you got to flush because it, it, it's coming. It's happening quick. And, and uh, the Phillies are coming to town tomorrow to play their best game as well. That's great. Thanks, Tori. Will you do me a favor, Jeff Weir Production? Will you replay that cut, but then stop it the second that Tory starts talking. I, I just need a still shot of it, if you would. I know you got to get that ready because that's a little weird, uh, an on-demand request. Go, actually, go ahead and pop it up as soon as you got it. Um, here's why I'm saying this. We need to. Um, yeah, go ahead. And, now, if you're watching WTSMTV.com right now, I want you to look at that microphone. Here's what's crazy. The Arizona Diamondbacks, their press conference room, they have an outstanding microphone. Every time I'm in there for a presser, I think I want that mic. That is a now I wouldn't use it as a studio mic, but for a press conference microphone, the Diamondbacks microphone is fantastic. Sounds excellent, but it's long and skinny. So for marketing reasons, that what's called a mic flag. That's what you call the little box that radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, whatever, put on the microphone. So everybody says, oh, look, MLB.TV is there. Oh, look, CBS 5 is there. Oh, look, there's 12 News. They have Those are called mic flags. The mic flag on the really good Diamondbacks microphone doesn't work or, or, or doesn't fit. So they've switched out microphones. Stupid. Major League Baseball, you just went all year without having press conferences live or on or, or recorded to be put up so all of us who are Diamondbacks fans can watch it, which is dumb. Now, the Diamondbacks who actually care about sound, you said, no, 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 don't use the good microphone. Use this piece of crap. That's point one. Now, here's point two about the pressers. Do you hear this during press conferences with the Diamondbacks? And you could, you could put it, uh, Jeff Weir Production, I'm done with that picture of Tories. You could put it back on me. Thank you. Um, 
I was just being stupid. Um, do you hear this during the pressers? You know what that noise is? That's the sound of not paying an audio engineer because the microphone that the media is using, which I want, I want to hear the questions, is a live mic. And so it's media passing around the live mic. So every time Tori's talking, you hear this, this groan from the microphone of it being passed off to other people. A sound engineer does this. Turns that microphone all the way down so no one hears it being passed around. That's how you do it. So media number one, calm down, newspaper guy, at grabbing the, the microphone. Number two, somebody pot it down, please. That's the funny part. They have somebody in there running the board. What are you doing? And he's not the guy's doing asleep. it. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, that drives. Uh, it's little things that drive me. Not the Diamondbacks' fault. Don't even remotely blame the D-backs. MLB takes over your stadium for playoff games. We all say it's a Diamondbacks home game. Truthfully, MLB has six, has four to seven home games, and they're played in Philadelphia and Arizona. But that's not a D-backs issue. That's MLB. All right, let's get to uh, Tory. Tory said this, and I, I don't like it. I think this was a mistake to say that. It might be honest, but I don't think this is what you need to be saying, Tory. Tory was asked about how poorly the offense showed against the last two pitchers. And I don't like it because tell me if you believe this. Usually I like you to hear it first, but I want you to be able to know my opinion and then bust me if you disagree. I believe Tory Lovello is saying our front office, our scouts, and our coaches, we did our job. They were a hot team. We knew they were a hot team. They were swinging the bat well. Um, and they're built to slug. A lot of their runs come via the slug, via the home run. And we knew all that. We had a good pitching plan. We still have a good pitching plan. It's just about executing, hit, hitting, hitting the right spots with the right pitches. Um, we were very well aware of, of their improved um, uh, the, the improvements they made to control the running game. And yeah, I, I, you know, I've been answering a lot of questions about what Corbin Carroll's been doing over there at first base and getting on, getting on base for the first two games uh, is the first batter and not really moving. But yeah, there's a reason why we're not, um, and we will. We have our targets, we have our situations, and we're not going to we're not going to press things and run into outs. That's that's the most important thing. We're going to do it at the right time and do it at, at the clip we were doing it at the successful rate we were doing it during the season. So um, the Phillies are a good team. They're a veteran team. They made adjustments throughout the course of the year. They're well coached. Um, and that's really the name of the game. They've gotten better through the course of the year. Okay, you know the disclaimer I say every time before I rip Tori Lovello. I like Tori Lovello. I don't think Tori Lovello should be fired. That piece of what we call sound in the business, well, in the radio business, actuality in the television business, is one of the most damning things that Tori Lovello has ever said opinionated statement by me obviously not factual number one he says hey we've got a good pitching plan we just need to execute therefore it's we know how to get their batters out but zach gallon and merrill kelly can't do it that i i don't like that tour and it might even be true i think it is true but somebody told Zach Gallen, let's start with a first pitch fastball to, to Kyle Schorber. Somebody had that idea. You could say we need to execute that idea all you want. But no matter how good Zach Gallen is, can we at least change the eye level before we throw a first pitch fastball? Okay, that's, that's just, that's not one you can't, that, that you can fail at. You, you challenged the beast and then acted shocked at what happened.
That's coaching more as well as executing. Number two, he said, a lot of people are asking me about Corbin Carroll getting on first base and we're not running. Hey, we're not going to run into an outs where there are signs, there are targets that we're looking at, we're thinking of, and when he gets on, we'll do that, blah, blah, blah. That's exactly what's wrong. When you hear me talk about people going up to the plate with calculators, when you hear me talk about analytics taking over the game in a bad way, that's what I mean. Human beings play the game, Tori. Analytics will tell you Zach Wheeler is great from his pitch time to get it to the catcher. The pop-up time, which is the cool phrase for the catcher catches it, and from the time the catcher catches the ball to the time the ball gets to second base. JT Real Muto has a great pop-up time. So a good pitcher with JT Real Muto's pop-up time, that's dangerous to run on. Is that true? Yes, it is. But by telling the rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll, we're not going to run, shut it down, what did you do? You took a force of a young player and made him hesitant. Okay? You could have said, hey, this pitcher's great at his slide step and getting the ball to the mound or getting the ball to the plate. This catcher is great at its pop-up time. And we believe this is what isn't what he said, but I know what he's saying if you want hardcore baseball parlance. They think a Zach Wheeler isn't as effective using the slide step. So by you staying on first base, what it does is it helps the hitter hit because they're going to get a better pitch when he's from the slide step. The numbers back this up. Okay. You know what I say? Screw your numbers. You took a young kid and made him less aggressive. You started putting thoughts in people's heads. Instead of saying, this is how we got here. We apply the pressure. We are the Arizona Diamondbacks. You deal with us. There's nothing wrong with telling Corbin Carroll, hey, listen, this guy's good at his job. This guy's good at his job. Make sure you get a good jump. If you don't feel like you got a good jump, stop on a dime, hustle back to first. We want, to, we, want to be, we want you to be who you are. We accept the ramifications of that, but we do need to warn you, we could be running into outs. I want you to be aggressive, though. I want you to be you. You decide. That's, that's managing. That's giving the information, but you're not getting in the way of aggression. They put a stop sign on Corbin Carroll, and then they wonder why the whole offense shut down. Bad mistake. And we learned that right there. And that's when analytics take over games. And then when you get in people's heads, they're not as good, and then everybody wonders what just happened. Bad move, Diamondbacks. All right. I love this one. This is where he gets a little fired up. He was just asked point blanked about all the mental mistakes from game two. Yeah, I think they know. I, I hammer the coaches probably. Um, I talk to them about what needs to be done, and, and they, they they bring that direct message to the players. Um, but in certain cases, when you drop a pop-up, it's 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 well known. I think everybody, the minute that ball hits, they, they understand their responsibility. So um, I'll talk individually to players, uh, and if I feel like there's a need to get each domain together, whether it's pitchers or catchers, infielders outfielders or the position players as, as an offensive group i will um i do that often but i'll i'll address that with the coaches who will down then then let trickle down to the, to the players i haven't heard whether or not this happened 
I didn't hear it didn't happen, but I would wish I would have heard it did happen. On that drop pop-up, if you didn't see the game, pop-up priority is simple. It's Evan Longoria's job. Evan Longoria was not focused on his job. Evan Longoria mentally checked out. I consider that giving up. Other players would be deeply offended at me saying that. Deeply offended. Don't call me a quitter. It when wasn't it, even dropped, though. They didn't yeah, go for it. Yeah, they didn't even go for it. And here's the thing. And I, I it's wrong of all of them. You go. Everybody should go after the ball, and then you know the priority of when you're called off. So it's wrong every time for the pitcher to the pitcher shouldn't even run in there because it causes problems. But hey, if he's if nobody else is going to get it, go get it, pitch. So he ran in hard, so everybody else stopped. Then the catcher realizes, well, wait, if, if the pitcher's running, maybe I should go get it. But then he looked at Longoria, thinking it is your ball. What are you going to do? And all of a sudden, Longoria realizes, wait, what just happened? There's never a moment where it's acceptable for Evan Longoria to say, "I thought you were going to do it." Your whole job is to be focused and be a competitor and go get that ball. That was an embarrassing moment in the career of Evan Longoria. That's why I say he quit. Other people would say that's too offensive of me. To me, that's what quitting is. When you mentally check out, you're not as focused because it's 10 nothing. I guarantee you if the game's 2-1, to one, Evan Longoria catches that because he's mentally focused. 10 nothing, he's checked out. That, to me, is quitting. Other people say, well, that's not quitting. That's just not paying attention. Well, why, why would you be paying attention? Because you quit. Well, I'm still fired up about this. It's it, it just terrible. Well, I wish Evan Longoria would have stood up on the plane, stood up in front of everybody, or went around individually or whatever, and made sure everybody knows. He apologizes. Guys, I'm going to do something special in game three. I totally let everybody down on that play. And you walk right up to Tory and you tell Tory, the manager, yeah, that's on me. I know it's on me. There's no excuse. There's no reason we even need to talk about this. I've embarrassed myself and I'm going to fix it. That's what you say. That's how you handle it. And he didn't do that. Or there's no reports that he did that. That worries me. Um, this one's interesting. Uh, I like the, the answer from Tori here. Somebody asked, it's kind of a dumb way the question was phrased, but it's, why did you release Zach Davies without the foresight to know that you're going to maybe need heavy bullpen use when Brandon Fott starts, and now you don't even have a game four starter? Why didn't you project that going forward? Yeah, I think that was mostly performance-based. Um, we felt like we had some, some good arms in back of that. We felt like we had, if we got to this point that we had three and a half starters, and one of which included Brandon Fott, the other half would be matching up. We wouldn't need a fifth starter. Um, but I just feel like the decision was made there because of, because of the performance. It wasn't that we were projecting that there was going to be a need for him down the road. I, I, I like that he admitted it. We didn't project we're going to be sitting here in game four of a postseason series and worried about who's going to be our starter. This is why I kind of thought it was a dumb question, but I liked it being asked anyway. Why would you put I'm, – I'm sorry, Zach. I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. I'm just – I'm being harsh. But why would you put a sucky pitcher out there and say, well, we need a game four starter? I, I don't understand that. Can you imagine on a job site and say, well, this guy's terrible with the jackhammer. Somebody could get hurt, but we got to get this job done. So go out there with the jackhammer. It just – they did it with Madison Bumgarner, first three starts yeah, of the season. I'm still upset about that. <laughs> I'm still upset about that. But at least they could argue. Listen, I wouldn't argue this. Well, it's April. 
I still think that's a joke. What is April not more less important than September? You still lost, but I'm totally with you, Jeff. We're production. I am totally with you. But you get the point. What a okay. You, you cut Zach Davies, and now you need a game four starter. Well, we could just hire Jeff Weir Production to pitch as well as 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 he did. So what does it matter? I believe in you. So I, I like the fact that the question was asked, and I, I think he should have busted the answer even more. All right, last one, real quick. I think this is important to know what the Diamondbacks thinking. Zach Gallen, is he available for game four, which would be bringing him back on short rest? Why not bring him back on three days rest because he's Zach Gallen and you don't have another pitcher? Why keep Zach Gallen to game five when there won't be a game five if you don't win three or four? Yeah, he's not. Um, he threw a number of pitches, uh, and and we had that discussion in the dugout after a couple early runs. You know, would we clip him early? Zach is such a process oriented guy, and I I I wouldn't do him that that um, that disservice. I just want to stay with what's been working really really well for him. He would do it. I know he would do it if we asked him to, but um, you know, we we we're gonna need somebody for game five and six if we get to that point. Good answer. I think it's a very fair answer. He is process oriented and getting in the way of that process and changing that process would probably lead to poor results. So I 100% support Tory's answer. 100%. And either way, game five is basically a game four is a must win. Game five is a must win. It doesn't matter at all. So does it matter that he pitches game four or five from an organizational standpoint? No. You've got to win four games, and right now you have zero. That's my thought on Torrey. Now let me flip it. If the Diamondbacks lose today and they're down 3-0, Zach Gallen, I'm telling you this is totally unfair of me to say this. Mr. and Mrs. Gallen, I'm sorry I'm saying this about your son. But it totally goes to your baseball character whether you pitch game four. It does. If you want to be a true ace when there's an elimination game that messes up your process, you walk up to Tori Lovello, you walk up to Mike Hazen, and you tell them, I don't care what your plan is, I am pitching game four. I am not saving myself for a game that does not exist. I'm not saving myself for game five when we're down 3-0 in game four. I am pitching game four. That's what an ace does. Get out of my way. And that's it. And I guarantee you they'll let you. So you notice Tori said he would do it if we asked him, but we're not going to ask him. Okay. Zach, if you, if this team loses today, and you decide to pitch game four and you stink, I'm still here for you. I don't know if you care. I don't know if you care at all what some guy on a podcast thinks. But I will always defend you because we will always know. Hardcore fans will know. You put yourself into an element that's out of your element. You put yourself into a situation where the failure rate is higher. And you did it because you hate losing. You did it because you know that's what an ace does. And you did it because you're a leader. And you know what? When people step up and lead and do the right thing and fail, that just makes you better. Man, I, I'm, I'm t- look at me, okay? If I wasn't a failure, I might still be uh, having a job on radio. 
I love that. That ability to stand up and say, I'm in charge. This is where we're going. And Zach, if you don't do it, I'm, I, I'm not calling you a quitter. I'm not calling you a loser. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not even questioning your leadership. But I would say that's not what an ace does. You want to be paid like an ace and you deserve it. You want to be an ace. That's what an ace does. If the Diamondbacks win today, hey, they got to win game five too. There's a guaranteed game five. I'm fine with Zach not pitching game four. I know it would stink to be down three games to one if they lost game four. But that still guarantees Zach pitches. I am not losing a best of seven series and my best pitcher pitches one time. No way. If I'm the best pitcher. If I'm an organization, hey, maybe we're down 3-0, why push it? We got to win game five anyway if we're going to win it. No. Step up, pitch game four if they lose today, Zach. By the way, I just wasted Doug's big one tomorrow <laughs> if they lose because that would have been Doug's big one uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. All right, coming up next. Um, by the way, game's at 2 o'clock today. That's a little weird. I still got a lot left, so please stay with me. I want to give you Suns. Final preseason game is tonight. I want to actually talk Mercury. I don't know how I'm going to cram that in. And I got a couple comments from Kenny Dillingham I thought were important. Still got a lot to do. I appreciate you waking up and letting me be part of your morning. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Let's go. Let's go, D-back. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about... 25 years ago, he got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally, we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. Speaking of Burrito Express, uh, two hours from right now, 9.30, former Sun Devil Brad Nara will be there. If you like college hoop, talk uh, with him at the Chandler location. And most importantly, free breakfast burritos at 9.30 if you show up and say, I'm in the Unplugged Army. Uh, just at 9.30, though, I mean, like if you're there at 9.35, it's okay. But you ha- if you walk in and say, I'm a member of the Unplugged Army and I love Brad Nara, then you get yourself a free breakfast burrito. Which means Steve McCullough might have a hard time during his show because I could see Jeff Weir Production leaving in the middle of the main event in order to go get a free breakfast burrito. Sure would like to. <laughs> Uh, okay, I, I got to play this for you. Thanks, Izzy, for grabbing. I thought this was hilarious. Did you see the Giants game last weekend? So two Sunday nights ago, former Cardinal Justin Pugh, who's recovering from a torn ACL, is sitting on the couch watching Sunday night football. The next weekend, he's actually playing Sunday night football for the New York Giants. And when instead of saying Justin Pugh, Syracuse, 
He says, Justin Pugh, straight off the couch. That's where he's from. He's straight off the couch. And it went viral. Everybody thought it was funny. Well, he gets asked in, in his uh, media session this week. It was yesterday, I think it was. Hey, you know, did you get any other offers? Were there other teams that wanted you? Now, keep in mind, he was a giant before he was a Cardinal. Were there other teams that reached out to you once you, uh, once you were healthy? Yeah, I mean, look, teams teams could reach out, but there was never even a doubt in my mind. Like, I came here for a reason. Like, I'm, I could have, like, before I even signed here, I had other options. But there was never a thought in my mind. Like, I've said from, honestly, this is all Jerry Seinfeld's fault. Like, honestly. <laughs> I was at a, a restaurant, Teresi, in New York, like, four months ago over the summer. And my wife and I are sitting there with some friends. And, like, across from us is Jerry Seinfeld. And I hear his voice. And it was the most quintessential New York moment of all time. And I remember texting my agent, like, text the Giants. Like, I want to come back. Like, so really, if it wasn't for Jerry Seinfeld, I don't know if I'd be here right now. And he, you know, he's the greatest. He's, he's the GOAT. But um, from that point forward, I, I knew I wanted to come back here. And it, it was just everything worked out perfectly. They played in Arizona. They stayed there for a week. I came and worked out 10 minutes from my house. They call me right after that. I fly in here. Like, the way I started, it, it just, it was, it's, it, it was meant to be. How about that? I, I didn't. I admit I didn't have a source in on that one. I didn't know Justin Pugh did a workout while the Giants came here to the Cardinals to play. Pretty good story. All right, week of winners. Here we go. Who wants one hundred dollar gift card to Bell's National Kitchen? Yes. The first ever sponsor of Doug Franz Unplugged, the home of the greatest sandwich in the history of Arizona, the Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich. I also really like the jambalaya, by the way, if you didn't know. And the hamburgers are fantastic. Bell's Burger, oh my gosh. If you are even remotely hungry, jump on this right now. Week of winners. Old Town Scottsdale, it's 50 feet east of Scottsdale Road on Main Street, all right? If you go to WTSMTV.com slash week of winners, it's really just slash wow for week of winners, then you have an opportunity to be a winner. You click on Wednesday, and then you have no chance of winning if you click on Wednesday, to be quite honest. You click on Thursday, and then that's all you have to do. That gives you a chance to be a winner if you click on Thursday. And once you click on Thursday, somebody who enters in their date of birth, because we're not going to give it to you if you're 10 years old, if somebody is going to get... It's, it says a $100 gift card. If you want to know the truth, I picked them up yesterday. It's two $50 gift cards. So there you go. But it's you get $100 to spend. It's even better that it's two $50 gift cards because you can go through one on one day and then one on the next. And you can get over to Bell's Nashville Kitchen. And it's a fantastic place. I'm jacked up for you to be a winner. So click on Thursday, enter your address, and you can be a winner. Live music almost every night. The Kool-Aid pickles, devils on horseback are unbelievable. And the best sandwich in Arizona the Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich. If you want their website, go to bellsnashvillekitchen.com. You want ours, it's wtsmtv.com slash W-O-W for the week of winners. But you'll figure it out just by going to wtsmtv.com. And, uh, and you can be a winner. And Jeff Weir Production, if you ever find out who Wednesday's winner was, let me know. And, uh, and I'll give them a free plug and tell them thanks for playing. Okay, dope. Okay, let's jump into uh, – uh, let's quickly get to Suns because we got we to gotta get moving here. Um, Frank Vogel has – they have a game tonight in Palm Springs, and he's already said the players are going to play. The players are going to play into the third quarter. I love that. All right, let's go. Let's make sure that you make halftime adjustments, get that going, and then there's no chance that the starters will play in the fourth. 
I thought this was interesting. This was the first time Frank Vogel, not frustration, but showed, hey, there's something still not quite right yet. He was asked, how is the rebounding going right now with this team? Uh, can be better. No, it can be better on both ends. You know, our box out commitment, we had, did some rudimentary uh, box out drills today just to continue to, to emphasize that we want to be an elite defensive rebounding team, even though we're not going to be the biggest team. Um, you know, it, it's about the commitment more than the size. So we'll continue to emphasize that. And, uh, you know, the, the crashing on sp- certain, certain players, the crashing has been, uh, you know, extremely consistent. You know, and, and then as a group, I still think it can be better in terms of offense rebound. Thanks for that, Justin Fugue. That was funny, No way. Wait a minute. Why is it? Why am I on TV right now? That was a 35-second clip. I was yelling at you. It's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip you and make fun of you. On my little sheet, it says 1 minute 14 seconds. <laughs> well, that shouldn't be one minute 14. Now, granted, let's be fair. I'm the one that told Jeff Weir Production to pull the clip. So I should have known how long it is. But for some reason, it says one forty. Like, oh, I got plenty of time to go get water. Hi. Hi. This is, <laughs> this is Doug Franz Unplugged, where I stand on TV. And if I don't, you just stare at bobbles. That's good. Um, I like that cut, though, because... He's standing up for it and saying, hey, this is the expectation here. Right now, we're not quite reaching the expectation of rebounding. And they can't quit because they're undersized at a lot of positions. They have length. They don't have girth. And rebounding a lot of times is about girth. All right, two things in a row that I love, okay? He was asked about the speed game because right now their defense leads to transition offense, but that's it. And with all of these weapons – you would think they want to really push tempo. And he was asked, how does he feel about how they're pushing tempo right now? Yeah, uh, I like how we run on, uh, on turnovers and, and misses right now. You know, we're not really committed to, to take it out of the net and get out and go, which is something I think we have to you know, improve upon, you know, because I, I do think there's um, you know, ground you can make up and, and possessions that you can win, you know, by getting the ball up, up the floor faster. Um, you know, but off the turnovers and misses, uh, I'm happy with where it's at. And with how many guys you have that can dribble and make the right play, this roster's kind of sort of suited for that in a natural way, right? Absolutely. The kick aheads, getting guys down the floor, all those things that, uh, you know, we have been talking about. So he wants to push it after I made basket a little more often, but I like that. Now, here's where it gets even better. This shows you who Kevin Durant is as a person. KD, earlier in the week, was asked about the 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 way things are going offensively and how great the ball movement is offensively on his own when asked a question about the offense and how many options they have and how many cutters they had he's the one remember defense was not asked in this question and guess what he brings up when asked about the offensive ball movement also it's good to play together the way we've been playing. It's been a lot of ball movement. But I think it starts from what we do on the defensive side of the ball. You've noticed in the two preseason games that we all played in, um, 
when we got stops and and was able to make multiple efforts on defense, that's when the game just blew open pretty fast. When we were trading baskets with teams like we did in Detroit for the first three or four minutes and in Portland for the first quarter, it looked like an even game. But once we got multiple stops in a row, then you start seeing them outbursts. Because once we get out in transition, um, we start swinging that ball two or three times in transition, I think that's when we're dangerous. So it all starts on... I focus on this defensive end. I know that's cliche, but that's really what it is for us if we want to be a good offensive team. I know this is me being cheesy and sucking up, but when your superstar says that without being prompted about the defensive end, now, you got to mean it, but this team is unstoppable if you've got the ball coming down in transition with KD, Bradley Beal on the wings and Book bringing it up. Oh, my goodness. Unstoppable if they push the tempo. And how do you push the tempo? Play good defense. So I really like that. A lot of stuff to talk about with Suns, ASU, U of A, and then, of course, game two of the Diamondbacks. And then the Cardinals, you got Kyler and you got Buda back. So there's a lot of stuff on the table. So when we stare down Steve McCollum of the main event, I, I ask you the simple question. With everything that's going on right now in this city, what is your number one story today? D-backs, is it Buda and Kyler? Where's your mind? Or Sun's last preseason game? Where's your mind go? I'm sorry, I had to run in there. What, what are we doing? Oh, I was throwing it to Steve since it's uh, 740. So I didn't know. Yeah, he's still getting ready. Oh, so okay. I'll, then I'll throw it to him. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll trust you guys whenever uh, Steve's ready for um, uh, me to throw to him. But th- when I hear Suns and this game today, I'm, I'm just happy they're going all the way into the third quarter. The, uh, the normal thing, oh, there's Steve, the normal thing is to shut it down and to not say, oh, no, it's the last preseason game. we got to make sure everybody's healthy. Oh, my gosh, it's Thursday. The first game is until Tuesday. Go play. And I, I like the way Frank Vogel has run this camp. Cliff Kingsbury would have hated this training camp because they actually uh, worked hard. Steve McCollum is in the main events coming up from uh, 8 to 10 this morning with everything. And, and Steve, I'll, my question to you is, Buddha and Kyler, last preseason game, Suns were ready to go for a potential championship run. Game three, NLCS. What's your number one Valley story today? Oh, preseason Suns, of course. Is it? Okay. okay. No, nobody gives a crap. Hey. They I don't do. exist until uh, the Diamondbacks lose tonight. Then we'll pay attention to the Suns. I, I do. Now, granted, it was my third story. Okay, I did I, I, I did Buddha and Kyler first, and I did uh, yeah. Diamondbacks. And I admit, if the Diamondbacks would have won in Philly, even the news of Kyler I would have pushed to number two. But when they embarrassed themselves in game two, I said, all right, Kyler and Buddha, you win. Yeah. So they were my number since, one story. Since I was off yesterday, it's weird when you have a day off because then you have like a day of clarity, right? Okay. It's kind of a weird deal. And uh, this is the conclusion I came to on the Diamondbacks. Uh, they don't have the talent. <laughs> they have the talent to get there. But they don't have the talent against a team that's rocking and rolling right now, and that's the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, there's a difference, you would agree, I think, between a hot team and a good team. And sadly, the Diamondbacks proved they were hot and didn't prove yeah, they well, were good. Well, exactly. They were playing above their level. Uh huh. Yeah. And then now, and that part of that, you got to give them credit. I mean, part of that was Dodgers, of course. Oh, they did give it. Them yeah. Credit. Yeah, you're right. But when you're going up against 
I honestly believe, and I was thinking about this last night before the Rangers-Astros game, I was like, Phillies are winning the World Series. Right? If they stay like this, they are winning the World Series, and they might even sweep the World Series. Mm-hmm. The only team that was even close to them was the Rangers, but the Rangers are up and down. You know, Now, they have, now they're in a battle with the Astros, and the Astros play better in Globe Life than they do at Minimate. Yeah. That's weird, uh, if you can believe that. And uh, just, man, you just hit a team that is not only good, but the hottest team in baseball. And there's nothing you can do. I just, you just get over, you know, it's like when you're in the ocean, you know, and a wave just yeah. comes and get, all you can do is just go along for the ride. And I, I, okay, I can accept game one. Okay. The game two thing, if they would have lost three to two and it's a classic game, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be remotely concerned. I would still think the Phillies are going to win the series, but I wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any angst at all. It's like, hey, Phillies are a little better team. Mm-hmm. So be it. They won two home games. They were supposed to. And obviously, I'm not going to put any money down on Brandon Fought or a bullpen game. Yeah. Get, so, that, okay, I, I'm okay right. with it. But when you embarrass yourselves like the Diamondbacks did in game two, that's where my ire has been. Not that they lost in the how. It's the how. Well, absolutely. It's how they lost. But you use the word quit and stuff like that. I, I disagree with that. Okay. I think what happened was, was they went in there and they were like, we can't beat this team. Isn't no, that that's the to me that's the definition? I, of I get it. You could define it however yeah, you want yeah. to. I'm not going to argue that you use the word quit. Yeah. But if that game went on, you could physically see the Diamondbacks. And as much credit as I've given Tori, I'm blaming Tori for this. And you played okay. that clip earlier as well. Where's the running game? Get thrown out for field stealing second. Be aggressive. Yes. They're literally sitting back waiting for the pitcher to throw them their pitch, right? Yes. The Phillies are going and hitting whatever you throw. They're like, okay, guys, stay back and wait for that whatever, that seeker from, you know, whoever, and then hit that. Yes. It's where the aggressiveness goes when you're, when you're an undermatched team in talent and in hot streak in baseball, what do you do? You go out there and you have to jump on it early. You have to be aggressive. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's the lackadaisical back thing in game two specifically, but they did it in game one too. That's where your disappointment is. Where is this aggressive team? Yep. And that falls squarely on Tori Lovello and that, and that coaching staff. They're muzzling these guys. And you saw the reaction. You blame, now that is Longoria's fault completely on that mm-hmm. pop-up play. But that's a direct result of the coaching staff muzzling these guys out there. I firmly believe that 100%. And you're going to see more of it tonight unless they just decide, hey, let's start playing ball again. Uh, and it doesn't matter because Brandon Fye gives up home runs left and right. And if uh, <laughs> Gallon and uh, Kelly give up home runs, oh, dear God. If you have outfield seats tonight, take a mitt because yeah. you're going to have plenty of opportunities to be catching balls. You know, I love this topic because I look at this in in just life in general. I have seen, I think a lot of us have. Maybe if you're a hardcore blue-collar dude, you haven't seen it in in, in your workplace. But any workplace where it's more of an office setting and you have meetings and you're supposedly being creative, the boss stands up there with this, think outside the box. We've (laughs) got to be creative. And they say all these things, and yet as soon as somebody tries to be creative, they stifle everybody. And then they're shocked that production doesn't happen in future meetings. When you set a tone of stifling people, don't be shocked when they act stifled in the next few meetings. And that's exactly to me what this does is maybe they're right. Maybe there's a better chance that Corbin Carroll gets thrown out stealing against the Phillies. But they don't have the thought process that says, so what? Because now you've hamstrung everybody up and down the lineup. Uh, So Corbin Carroll gets 
gets thrown out going to second. Let's say it happens three times tonight. He gets thrown out trying to steal yep. second and be aggressive three times. What's the alternative? Because they're two for 20 with runners on base this series. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference? Yes, yes. Try something. Try. It's like my old mantra. Just do so. Change the M&Ms uh, that the players have in there. Change them to all blue one day. <laughs> change, change the pregame meal. Like, you know, instead of uh, Coke, you know, go vanilla Coke. Something. Yeah. Just change something. And it, that's what it, you take that onto the field a little bit. Because no matter what business you're in, yeah. if you send the troops out there with the thought process of don't do this, yes. then they're not going to yeah. do what they're good at. I will say this. The crowd's going to help this team tonight. I, I think the combination okay. of the lack of aggressiveness and kind of muzzling them and the crowd, I think the Diamondbacks were just like this. That, that wave hit them, and they were just like, we don't we don't know what to do. They're, they're literally like trying to figure out which way was up underneath the ocean. They're just like, uh that's, that's what happened to them in Philadelphia. And a lot of that is, uh, quite frankly, just talent. What do you think of uh, Kyler? Do you, do you think yeah. this is a vitally important moment of his career? Well, it's, like not playing Seattle. Of I course, think but. every I think every uh, game is vitally important for the life of uh, Kyler Murray because uh, my God, everybody, get off his jock! Jeez, <laughs> let the guy go out there. Let's see what he does before yeah. everybody starts calling him a quitter. And you know, uh, look, he's, he's unfair situation with his previous coaching staff. You don't know this coach. Here's the problem that I got, and I'll say this: uh, fail or not fail. This falls squarely on JG and this, uh, you know, this executive crew, because all they are saying all the right things. Hey, Kyler's our future. Kyler's our future. Kyler's our future. If Kyler doesn't work out, it's on them. You uh, think it's, it's on JG if he doesn't? Yeah. Work out. Oh, absolutely. Now, why? See, I totally they, disagree. They put, and here's why: they didn't draft him, okay. and they've given him every chance to succeed. Yeah. And if Kyler chooses to not be a leader, Kyler chooses to tiptoe through the tulips. How was that Gannon's fault? Oh, but because uh, he's not going to. Because if you listen to the coaching staff mm-hmm. and everybody, he's done all the right things. If he goes out there and he's not doing all the right things, they've been lying to us. Okay, that's true. That's the problem, and that's the danger here is – now, if Kyler goes out there and does all the right things, look, they're not going to win – you know, they're not going to win six, seven, eight games with Kyler this true. year. They, they still have a defense problem. They still have a lot of other problems, Very right? Very true. But if he goes out there and he's not doing what they've been saying he's doing, that falls squarely on the coaching staff for lying to us, and that's the first crack in the thing for the coaching staff and the executive. So pay attention to that. Otherwise, go! Okay. Go Cardinal! <laughs> <laughs> Steve's opinion there. The reason why I disagree with it is I think I'm so used to coaches lying to me that I just like, uh, all right. <laughs> that's that's it. That's interesting. Main event coming up, eight to ten, and then Isaiah Jackson Jr. Izzy on Sports comes up from ten to noon today. The only station in Phoenix, in Arizona, that gives you six hours of local morning sports programming every day is right here on WTSMTV.com. Uh, versus Vegas did really well yesterday. Very happy with my 2-0 performance. If you didn't see what I went with, I didn't think you can come off the bench. Max Scherzer, and in your first game, pitch well against that offense. So I did two things. I 
took the over for Houston as a team, scoring four and a half runs. I took the over. Houston did well. And won, what was the final score? 9-5, I think. Let me cheat and look that up because I forgot all of a sudden what the score was. Uh, 8-5, sorry. 8-5. So I needed Houston to score five runs or more. They scored eight. I got that one. And then I said the team total for every or for, for the game total, I should say. I loved the over nine because I thought that you're not going to totally stifle the Rangers. So if I'm already coming in with the goal of Houston being over five, I thought Texas could chip in with a couple runs. It ends up eight five. The total is 13. I had over nine. So I went two and oh yesterday. That moves the record up to 1,011, 918, and 5. And with my Alex Bregman, will hit a home run uh, from a couple games ago. I think that was game two. I look pretty good with a plus 700 I got on that one. So I, I'm still, even though I'm not at 53%, my units, you've made money since the beginning of time if you gambled with me. I'm glad I'm here for you. Even though I went through a bad swoon uh, this year. I was the Diamondbacks at certain parts. All right, today, uh, here's, here's what I like coming up today. Uh, Phillies and Diamondbacks in game one. I'm totally going over the nine. Uh, Brandon Fought gives up a lot of runs, and I do think the Diamondbacks match up better with Ranger Suarez. There's no way I'm picking a winner in this game because I don't want blood money and I don't feel great. <laughs> I won't. I won't sit there and root for my wallet. I'm going to root as a fan. I'm not betting against my team. What do I think is going to happen? It's none of your business. <laughs> I'm not picking against my team. But I am taking the over, and I think it's going to be an easy over nine. So I've got uh, Phillies and Diamondbacks over uh, over the nine today. And then uh, tonight in, uh, in the NFL, you've got Jaguars and Saints. And that's – will you trust me with a game-time decision? Okay? I am – I'm going to give it to you. Here's my pick. I'm taking the Jaguars plus the two if Trevor Lawrence starts. By all indications, it says he's going to try to give it a go. Okay? I have a sneaking suspicion they might decide to pull him. So – and I mean before he actually plays. So I'm going to give you a game-time decision. If Trevor Lawrence takes the first snap, it goes on my record, I'm in Jaguars plus the two. Now, technically, I don't know, all right? So when I say technically, it's not fair for me to say, oh, he took the first snap, I'm in. I'm going to wait and watch every report to the last second. And if one report says he's starting from a person that I trust, I'm in Jaguars plus two. If he's not, I'm out. I think he's going to start today. So I'm looking at Jaguars plus the two on the road at New Orleans. That's a tough pick, though. If you're if you're somebody that relies on me to be right, I would ignore that pick because not only do I have to wait and see whether or not he starts, it's still a young quarterback at New Orleans, and that's always scary because of that crowd noise. So those are my two picks today, Diamondbacks and Phillies over the nine runs. And uh, with Trevor Lawrence, I'm taking the Jaguars plus the two. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. I don't know if you've already done it. 
Even if you're not sure whether it works for you, go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com. Unpluggedatwhirlwind.com. Number one, you just help out Doug Franz Unplugged by giving them the hits. So they say, boy, that's a good idea. We should keep advertising on Doug Franz Unplugged. Even if you hate golf, go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com just to help me. Then... Click on sign up today for the unbelievable Whirlwind Plus plan. If you haven't done it, you choose $34 a month. And you can sign up for three months and be done, two months and be done, one month and be done. Or if you want to save on that plan, go for the annual $299. Because $34 a month equals right around a little over $400. So you save $100 if you do it for the year. And I'm guaranteeing you this. It only takes about three or four trips a year for the program to save to, to save itself, to make money, all right? Playing at Whirlwind, it's about $100 a round course in the dead heat of the summer, summer late afternoon. But you're talking about a $200 course in the spring and now that the weather's starting to break. Well, if you sign up, for $300 a year, officially $299. You get the lowest rate that day. Sometimes you might save $100 a day if you play golf that day. $100. Think about it, then boom, you've already sold it. You've already made money on the deal. Even better. 15% off the Pro Shop for a Whirlwind Plus member. 15% off Civlik, the outstanding best wings in the city for lunch or dinner bar right there. So you can even not play golf that day and go in. You save 15%. Oh my gosh. It's almost worth it to become a Whirlwind Plus member for a month on the day you're going to get wings. Hey, I'm going to sign up this month. Save 15%. You're going to come close to saving 30 bucks, especially if you have a designated driver and drink like I do. <laughs> Jump on that. Unplugged at whirlwind.com. Burrito Express. Best breakfast breakfast burritos in the city. Best breakfast burritos of all time. And you get it free today at 930 at the Chandler location if you stop in and say hi to Brad Nara and walk in and declare, I am of the Unplugged Army and I love Brad Nara. Brad will be completely creeped out about it, but that's funny. So head over there, Chandler, 930 today. If you want Bell's Nashville Kitchen, if you want the best sandwich in all of Arizona, then you want Nashville, the Bell's Nashville Kitchen, Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich, and you can win a free one by actually clicking on the Thursday portion of Week of Winners at Doug Franz Unplugged. A couple more days of bad weather as far as our heat is concerned. We're going to set a new record. If you have air conditioning issues, call 602-2-REPAIR for Parker & Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. The main event is up next. I'll see you tomorrow.